0: Everybody ready? Let's get rolling.
1: This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280, The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
2: Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, and 1280, The Zone. Gordo. Having a birthday today. And how about this tweet coming in from our friend Bumbershoot? He says, Happy birthday to the most successful, most talented, most interesting, most impressive, and most handsome man around, and the man who always has the best new car, best stories, and best not sports report, Chester Shadows.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. So that was who was it? Was that from Chester? Or was he
2: describing no, was, Chester? No, he right. was describing Chester. Okay. Well, I don't know what to make of that. What do you mean? That was the most flattering tweet I've ever seen. What do you mean you don't know what to make of that? Well, Chester is kind of colorful, as it were. What does that mean? Well, you know, he's...
0: Colorful. He's seen all sides of life.
2: Hmm. Well, thank you, they from are. Chester. That's all you thank needed. You. That's that's really all you uh, needed to say right there. All right, let's get out of the Sprint special guest line. Lease any phone, get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. The television voice of the Utah Jazz, our good friend Craig Bowler, Jack coming to us from the Big Apple. What's up, Bowler?
1: Jay Gordon, how are you? bowler? just don't go in the employee entrance there to... Oh, I know, man. I tell you Spike's upset. Dolan and uh Spike, I think the relationship must be broken. He's not he will not be here or will not attend uh tomorrow night at the garden. So, uh I'm a little upset about that, but uh, he said he will return next year. You know, I got to be honest, man. There's been a lot of issues with uh, Mr. Dolan the ownership of the the Knicks. I think you guys would agree. I'm just not sure where this um, this franchise is going under his toolage, but uh, as long as the Jazz win, we get out of town and go to Boston. That's okay, I guess, right?
2: Bowler, before we go further with the basketball, it is our boy Gordon's birthday. And, yeah. Uh, just thought you might want to roast him a little bit, maybe for oh, his absolutely. birthday, or, absolutely. or something along You know, those does lines? he have
1: his walker with him tonight, or <laughs> he
2: it's right here?
1: Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, look, when you're 79 and you're going on 80, you just want to make sure that he's a healthy man, mentally and physically. And, uh, you know, I, I respect and love this man. We've worked together for years and years. And I just want to wish him a, a really a happy birthday. And I just hope health and his mental health uh, continues to be strong uh, as we move forward. Uh, and, Gordon, I can't wish a, a better happy day for you, my friend.
0: Lisa's pet name for me is Bowler. <laughs>
1: Uh, <laughs> he's a terrific ah. er. it's always, Yes, he. yes you know. he's always been good at that as well in our time together at another place called the B you guys have taken us to, to the next congratulations on that gordon i gotta ask you though man if i may jake i don't know if you and, and austin got together for a gift but can you share with uh, maybe you've already done this but from the big apple back can you did, did what kind of gifts did you receive today
2: Nothing from these guys. Well, yeah, obviously.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: Outside so- of that, tell Bowler about your shoes that you just yeah. love telling everybody I, about. I got, yeah. I got some very nice
0: uh, J ones, some Jordans. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, very, uh, very nice shoes. I got those, and I got some Vans, and I got. Uh, I got a couple of uh, T-shirts, you know, just, just casual. Are they
1: color-coordinated and a hat or two that goes with those shirts? No, no
0: hats, but I'm sure no I am sure I got something that'll work uh, Good with them.
1: Uh, I just happened to a catch yesterday, I think it was, Austin. I think they posted, did you not, like, clear out your phone or you uh, – I think I saw seven days of color yes. coordinated outfits yeah. by one Gordon Monson. I was okay. clearing out yeah.
0: the old phone gallery and yeah, saw you were. this yeah. week plus worth of uh, monochromatic uh, well, outfits, I, and so I. I think the one together. that caught
1: my eye was Alvin from the Chipmunks. <laughs> that, that one that one caught my eye there, Gordo.
0: You know, you know, Bowler. Austin didn't even include the most controversial one of all, and that was the brown versus gray uh, get up.
1: Oh that's right it was a comment I think we had last week it and was. no one could no one could concern whether or not you were wearing gray or brown
0: yeah not that anybody cared but everybody wanted to be right and, uh, and it was gray. half of us were and Jake was on the wrong yeah, side yeah. but bowler yeah. I want to tell you this now we've worked together a long time but I appreciate you putting up with me because I'm like 20 years older than bowler and and, and and I was trying to teach him and tutor him along the way.
1: Yes, you did. and, and he yeah.
0: was he was a good pupil. He listened yeah. well so
1: yeah, yeah. the I always uh, you know Jake, as you know, and you're doing this now because of your young age, but as we as the younger, uh, you know, crowd. We try to uh, respect the elders, and yes, that's what do. I've always tried to do. Fact. Yes, <laughs> that is a good point. I've always tried to do that, my friend.
0: So, Bowler, where are you now with the Jazz? Uh, have you learned anything new, or do you have any other insights after what you saw against uh, a, a, a not a very good team, uh, the Cavs, heading into this Knicks game?
1: Well, I think break this down. That really, the Jazz played a higher a higher level of talent. Uh, during that four-game slippage. And you hope that maybe the confidence rebuilds against a lower-level talent of the Wizards and the Cavaliers. And we see the New York Knicks tomorrow night, who, by the way, have won two in a row uh, with wins over Chicago. But the one that really, I think, caught everybody's eye last night was uh, the uh, the way they were able to, to beat the Houston Rockets at home. Um, you know, again, I think a couple of things have happened, I, and I hope this builds into a rematch with Boston Friday night, and then you've got another game with a lower-level team against Detroit on a back-to-back Saturday before we come back home. But what the Jazz have been able to do is regain some confidence, uh, Bogdanovich uh, especially, with the three-ball. The three In the last two games, they're hitting 50% of their shots, and that's who they are. Um, You know, 39 of 78. I was looking, doing some noodling like Locke does with numbers today, and I thought, okay, good, the three ball. But also the turnover still concerned me. They gave up 15 last night, 21 points scored by the Cavs, but the Jazz were able to survive easily and win that game by 13 on the road. Look, the road's not easy. And to Jazz fans, let me just reiterate that. The road in the NBA is not easy. And so anytime you win on the road, I think it tells you, uh, again, a lot about a team who can you <clears throat> know, go through a run or two, which what the Cavs did last night with love and company. And I get that. It's not easy. But the Jazz survived. And I thought, you know, played a pro- solid game despite the turnovers. They shot the ball well, and that's who they have to be. They have to hit shots, and I know people are, you know, rolling their eyes, going, "Well, of course, that's what the league is about." But for this team, the way they're built, there's very little, you know, error, room for error, and the, you know, Utah shot, you know, 50, 53% or 57% from the floor, and they hit their threes, 20 of 41. That's really good. That's why they lead the league in three-point percentage. But I'm so concerned about, you know, turnovers especially this time of year where you need to be a little more solid. It's not the turnovers, but the points that are scored. And you're giving teams uh, a mental boost when you allow them to run down the floor and score on you with ease. So, so one thing I hope the jazz can figure out as we move forward and the games are, you know, look, there's 22 games left. We played 60, which is amazing. So the two game scheme of things, you got 22 and, out as as we move forward, you know the Conley situation can is fluid. As I think he looks more comfortable the last couple of games, and I, that's good if they're going to stay with this lineup with O'Neal as a starter and Joe as a sixth man. Uh, I still think Joe has to get more involved and still has to have more touches. How that happens, I don't know, uh, but I think Joe Ingles is a is a player that needs more than two shots. Like he had last night, He's still when his direct directing traffic with assists, and that's good, but I think the Jazz still need Joe Engels uh, and his three ball and the ability to find Rudy, which is what he does so well. So that's kind of a long you know discussion of uh, you know our, my thoughts as we go into uh, another road game tomorrow night against the Knicks, but they're winning, I guess in, in the in, in real time, that's the most important thing is to get back on track. and I think they're building confidence. And hopefully that confidence is going to go up in Boston. Bowler, you
2: mentioned Rudy, and I thought last night against the Cavs, he had his best game in maybe a month. I mean, I Rudy, agree. Yeah, I agree. He was he was awesome. And I, you know, at times it feels like they're almost forcing it to to him because he's got a shorter guy on him. What clicked last night? What do you think was the difference?
1: Well, spacing is one thing, and you're right, man. Jake, I tell you, I think when you force the ball, wh- what happens? Gobert turns the ball over, or, or the pass is errant, and you know, Gordo, you've written about it a couple of really good columns the last week or so about the, the the where the Jazz are, and I think Gobert is is so important that he gets the easy bucket at the rim because that's what he does. In the sense of offense, he's kind of one-dimensional in the in the regard of, of at the rim. You know, he really can't turn and face a bucket, and his hook shot is is very, uh, let's just say. Uh, not a real common shot. So Rudy's got to get the ball delivered perfectly, and I think Joe delivers that. And the spacing last night seemed to be a little bit better for him. Uh, And, again, can he continue to hit some free throws, which, you know, again, he's been up and down throughout the season. But last night, you know, the Jazz really hit a few free throws. But, you know, he's 8 of 9 from the floor, Jake. And so you get 20, you miss the double-double by a rebound, but, his, he looked more energetic. I thought the whole jazz just had more kick in their, you know, in their step. I thought they were just more athletic. It looked fresher to me. Uh, Rudy got the five blocks. He was able to move laterally much better, and I just thought he was able to, you know, anticipate where the shot was going uh, than he had in the in the prior five games, or maybe as you said, in the last month or so, he was kind of stuck. He wasn't really blocking the shots. Uh, and especially since the all-star break, but he's up to 115 on the season. Everybody just looks like a more confident group. It's amazing what one win can do at home before you jump out on the road. So, uh, you know, again, continue to, continue to shoot the three, continue to rebound, continue to pass the ball. The other part of that equation is 30 assists last night against the Cavaliers, and that tells you another thing is that the old blender is working, that they're moving and they seem to be crisp, they're cutting, and all of a sudden the Jazz seem to you know, be in a much better place than they were just uh, you know, uh, a week ago.
0: Jake, you used a term earlier for these games against lesser teams, uh, like a preparatory game or something. What'd you call it? Yeah, like a
1: dress rehearsal. A dress rehearsal, yeah. 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 Good. That's a good analogy, yeah.
0: And I wanted to ask you about that, Bowler, because what is the usefulness of these games against teams like the Cavs and the Knicks when you have the Celtics waiting out there, and I think oh, when the Jazz get back, they get Toronto, right? And so right. We, we, we're all comparing we're, in our minds. We're, we're trying to figure out where this team will be twenty games from now when the postseason starts, and obviously they're going to be playing quality opponents from there or an opponent from that point on. Do you think this team can get prepared for that kind of test? Uh, are you where are you on that uh, whole thing?
1: I, I think that's the question that everyone wants the answer to. I really as. To the course of '82, you're going to pick up losses that you shouldn't lose and wins that maybe maybe surprise you. But as the Jazz crawl up this ladder of expectations, Gordo, of of winning uh, a Western Conference Championship, the two seed, as everything everyone talked about in the in the off season this past summer, uh, those these are the games you have to win and win you know with with confidence and. I think passion and and you walk away with your chest kind of out saying, Absolutely we're supposed to win by fifteen or twenty. And it's the same thing tomorrow night against the Knicks. Uh, but all of a sudden New York has won a couple and maybe they're, you know, feeling good about themselves too, despite their struggles of nineteen wins this season. So uh I think that's really the question I gotta answer. There's gotta be games now down the stretch that they, the Jazz have to make a statement. If you're going to be taken seriously, and I think the fan base is the same way, after the struggles at home, after the All-Star break, losing four or five to quality teams, by the way, in the West, uh, you've got to find another game like against Boston, where you come out and say, "Hey, look, we're back. We lost our confidence, but we now know who we are." And if that doesn't happen, you know, on Friday night, then you start scratching your head again. Because I think, you know, early in the season we talked about time, giving Conley, Bogdanovich, and everyone time to adjust. Well, 60 games in, I think you guys would agree, right, that and I think fans understand this as well, is that the time is over for adjustment. The time now is to be who, who you should be and to play as one and to really make a push uh, back uh, in the Western Conference, because if you have those expectations and everything that was a hype before the season started, it's got to come to fruition right right now. And you have to prove that you can beat Boston on the road. You have to prove you can beat Toronto back in Salt Lake City. And you've got a multitude of one-night, you know, one-night road trips uh, throughout the month of March. And if it's not now, I don't know when it's going to be because the clock is ticking, and you have to reestablish yourself. I think, in the minds of your opponent that this team uh, has figured it out and they are a dangerous one you don't want to face in the first round of the playoffs.
2: Craig Bowler, Jack with us, television voice of the Utah Jazz. And, Bowler, we always love it when you have a chance to jump on with us on Tuesdays. Enjoy uh, enjoy New York City, and we'll uh, be watching tomorrow
1: well I know where I'll be at the garden Spike won't be there but uh, <laughs> Gordo as I leave uh, for the night just again happy birthday Jake make sure he gets home safe will you I'll do my best Bowler <laughs> thanks Bowler right, I, appreciate pal, I appreciate that appreciate that
2: man <laughs> thanks buddy Craig Bowler Jack our good friend joining us says he does each and every Tuesday long time friend long time friend yeah man Bowler is the best um, you know he's, he's right there. the Jazz need to find that other level and need to find it pretty quickly here I think that's I think Bowler summed it up nicely. I think that's what we're all waiting for, yeah, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. And the, who are the Jazz, really? That's – the thing seems slippery, you know? Just about the time you're thinking, okay, the Jazz look like they they got it going. And, you know, they've slipped. And then they turn it around and then they slip again. And so I'm not sure. I, I can't remember being this far into the season
2: and not really having a handle on a, on a team. It is yet. bizarre. And well, especially a team whose whose record is not dreadful. I mean, it's not like the Jazz are awful. Right, it's not right. like they're this really good team. And on the outside looking in, and you are going, God, I thought this was a playoff team. Right. I mean, the record is fine. So, so, so it's a, that's a part of the mystery, right? Uh, are, are they are they that good? Well, they or, just ride these waves this year, which has been yeah. the the weird part. I mean, where the the highs are high and the lows are just rock Do you bottom. Is that a weird. function
0: of shooting? Um, if they make their shots, then they're good. If they don't, they're not. Yeah, I think it's a
2: function of shooting, but to simplify Sounds, it just uh, to that. I get I, it. I, I get it. That's a simplification, but it sure seems like it. <laughs> but it doesn't explain, like, the defense being here today and gone tomorrow. Yeah. And it doesn't explain how one game the ball is moving and popping, and like last night they have 30 assists on, what was it, 40-some made field goals? Hold on, give me one uh, one second. 30 assists on 47 made field goals, and you're thinking, okay, there it is. And then the next night it's just take turns, play one-on-one, and they have, 16 assists. But is you know? that not
0: a function of the defense they're facing? Although, I'm not sure that the Suns have a particularly stiff resistance.
2: Well, and and yes, it is to a certain extent, but what, at what point, and I think this might be something that Rudy Gobert's frustrated about, at what point do the Jazz enforce their will on someone else? Yeah. And that's, of course, basketball. I mean, it's a delicate thing. But that, But the whole thing with the Suns game that
0: I brought up, how do you explain that? How do you explain the Jazz struggling against a team that has some firepower, I get it, but it's not like they were running into uh, the Great Wall of China there?
2: Because it got hard, and instead of fighting through it, they waved the white flag, unfortunately, mm-hmm. in that particular game, if you want to talk about a one-off game. Right. I mean, right. yeah, there's there's no excuse for getting blown out by the Suns. Suns play came and played hard. There's no doubt that they played hard in that game, and maybe the Jazz weren't effect, ex- expecting that. Yeah, The Suns played hard, and it got a little hard for the Jazz, and instead of buttoning it up on defense and, and playing like they know they can, they just gave up and gave up 133 points or whatever it is to the Phoenix Suns.
0: So if you were going to give one piece of advice to the Jazz as they face these final 20 or so games, a little bit more is it 22, something like that, mm-hmm.
2: what would you say to them? Play hard. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Effort level, 100%. Especially on defense because they're at physical disadvantages. So the only thing they've got is that plucky grittiness you like so much in Riley Nelson. Then
0: if the shots go in or they don't go in, that's one thing you can control.
1: Playing hard. Effort, yeah.